Do you have some sayings or quotes that support your recovery? How do you use them in your life? Welcome to episode 292 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Stephen, Amber, Christopher, and Paula. They used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Stephen, Amber, Christopher, and Paula for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with a seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Before we begin, we'd like to state that in this show, we represent ourselves rather than any 12-step program. During this show, we will share our own experiences. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you'll find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I am your host today. Joining me today is Eric. Welcome, Eric. Hey, good morning, Spencer. Beautiful June morning here in Greenwich, Connecticut. Well, good. Uh, we're going to dive right in here. Eric said, hey, let's let's do a show about like sayings and quotes and proverbs and parables. And, and then he put together this huge list. And so... We're going to pick a few from the list and talk about them. We've got some uh, suggestions from listeners as well, and we'll see uh, see how far we get. So, Eric, you want to pick one? Well, I mean, look, I mean, right in our uh, opening, take what you like and leave the rest. I started thinking about, well, as a lot of people do, I take a little notebook with me to meetings. I've been doing it for, you know, almost from the beginning, uh, a little pocket pad and when i hear something that strikes me that i like i write it down honestly if i went back through the little notepads from the beginning which for me is about 10 or 11 years ago this list i sent you of 53 would be more like 503 (laughs) so I, i i take what you like and leave the rest is the one that pops right out because just before we started recording so how are we going to get through this? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I, I I hear three more every week that I put in my little book, three, four, five. Sometimes I, I took, I tried to take the list that I you know assembled of kind of my favorites that popped into my head three, four weeks ago when I started putting a list together, and kind of highlighted the ones that I I find a lot of help with. And as you say, in you know, in the beginning. Are there some favorites that you use, and how do they support your recovery? So, uh, let it begin with me is is one of my favorites. It's referenced in all kinds of readings by way of you know, be the example you want to be. Uh, lead by example. That starts with me. Focus on myself. So love, love. Let it begin with me. You know, on my little meditation app, the Insight Timer. There is a profile pictures of people who meditate using the app around the world. And underneath it, you can put a quote. A lot of people use famous quotes from Proverbs, and and mine is, uh, let it begin with me, right there. Mm-hmm. So that's a favorite. You are not alone is one of the first I, I embraced coming into the rooms. Those are two. We'll just start with that. How about you? So actually putting those two together, I mean, yeah, you're not alone. That is, that's something that every time I tell my story, I kind of emphasize that because that was the thing that happened when I came to my first meeting was I was not alone anymore. 
And the flip side of that really is let it begin with me as expressed in the Al-Anon declaration that some uh, meetings maybe read at the end of the meeting. It says, let it begin with me when anyone anywhere reaches out for help, let the hand of Al-Anon and Alatine be there and let it begin with me. How do we help people be not alone? By reaching out ourselves, right? So those two go together pretty nicely. I was uh, looking down the list here and I found don't pick up the rope. It's one of those things that that I carried around with me, you know, my some of my pocket change, right? Uh, as you like to put it, uh, for a long time, and actually sort of memorized, sort of I did, I memorized what page in how Elanon works. It talks about not picking up the rope because we would say, "Don't pick up the rope," and somebody's like, "Well, what does that mean?" I'm like, "Oh, okay, it's on page thirty in how Elanon works, at least in the hardcover edition." It's as if we were holding one end of a rope and an alcoholic grabbed the other end and started to tug. Most of us react automatically. We would tug back. It never occurs to us that we don't have to play. If we knew we had options, we might choose to drop the rope. So also drop the rope is very similar. And that goes along, I think, pretty nicely with this voicemail from Natalie. Hi, this is Natalie about the upcoming topic of quotes. And I think... My One of my favorite quotes is, not my monkeys, not my circus, because it's kind of a humorous way of saying to myself, mind your own business, which is hard for me. I want to be involved and control everything. So a related quote to that would be, uh, I don't have to attend every dog fight I'm invited to and stay inside your hula hoop. Those are kind of variations of that same idea that to stay in my own business and not worry about other people and just put my recovery first. So thank you for your show. I love it. Bye. Yeah. So Natalie has, has two beautiful ones there that are really, you know, close to don't pick up the rope. I want to just mention the second one first that she she talked about, which I don't have to attend every dogfight I'm invited to, which I might have sort of heard that before, but that's just, it's the same thing, right? You know, if somebody else wants to start a fight, I don't have to go. I do not have to go there, right? Um, as she says, stay in my own business and, and not worry about other people. And then not my monkeys, not my circus. These are not my monkeys. This is not my circus. Like, yeah. <laughs> when you're living in that crazy, being reminded that I don't have to own that when it's somebody else's crazy, right? Yeah, really, really good. You know, I got no dog in this fight. You know, I used to believe every fight, you know, everything that by, and, and look, I've said this, I think, in a prior episode, and it was probably, if it's not on this list, I don't think it is, it should be. Uh, I heard a girl say, and it just, just you know, absolutely leaped off her lips and onto my little notebook was that uh, the alcoholics two primary weapons create anxiety and provoke loss of temper. Mm. I don't think I put that on the list even, but man, (laughs) yeah. And that means, you know, it's in, it's their circus. It's their monkeys. You know, I, I, I don't have to be provoked into losing my temper. And uh, jumping on this crazy train, uh, you know, as much as uh, the bait is dangled, you know, don't take the bait, don't pick up the rope. Those are hand in hand. I choose not to, 
you know, uh, the only way to win this war is to not play. So, yes, all good. Yes. <laughs> Following up on what uh, Natalie said about not my business, I like this one here that you have. There are only two types of business, my business and none of my business. Right. Love it. I hear that one all the time. Mm. Well, what's what's your next choice? Oh, God. Let's see. I mean, I'll just ramble down a few in a row. I like, and I heard this maybe during our week in recovery, we'll touch on it, but I heard it again last week. Actually, it was my daughter. <laughs> we'll get to that. We're only as sick as our secrets. Mm. I guess that one I put back up on the top of the list when I resent it to you because this disease is a disease of secrets mm-hmm. and lies, you know. And mm-hmm. my 21 year old came with me to a meeting, uh, my home group meeting, uh, kind of out of the blue. I invited her and she said yes and she came mm-hmm. and, uh, she shared that she'd been keeping a secret and she was ashamed, but she shared it during joys and concerns and, she said, you know, she's living with her mother and she hasn't told me. I mean, not that I, I kind of knew, but she said my mom is in relapse and she has been for two or three months. Yeah, she got it out, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, that's a, that's a strong one. And then the next down the list, just going in order now, um, move a muscle, change a thought. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think we've all probably heard that. I'm sure it's from our literature somewhere. You know, it's the opposite of don't just do something, sit there. Another one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that one is more to, to not react. Right. Uh, not just, you know, your emergent, your urgency is not my emergency. That one too should be on a list. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a walking, I'm a, I'm a walking dictionary of sayings, quotes, parables, and proverbs. There you go. And, 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 and the purpose of it is so, it, they're all little tools, you know. Call them, call them nuts and bolts, wrenches and screwdrivers. I mean, they're all little things that can help me not react. Yep. So if I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling lonely, I'm feeling frustrated, you know, tired, you know, get up and do something before it becomes panic, you know. And that to me is move a muscle, change a thought. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I want to actually add on to the move a muscle. I've also heard it said, and I have said. You know, I can't think my way into right acting. I have to act my way into right thinking. Wow, that's not uh, on the list. That's what I thought of when I when I saw move a muscle, change a thought. Right? Is is if I practice new behaviors, they'll start to become the way I do things, and it will change the way that I think about situations, the way I react. Don't just do something. Sit there. You know, like you said, that's sort of the the counterpart of that. And I, and I think the word just here is important. Like, don't just do something, right? Yeah. Like, wait, hang on a sec. Like, think about it for a moment. And then if you have an action to take, you can take the action deliberately and intentionally rather than reactively, right? I mean, first thought, wrong thought comes to mind. That's not even on the list. <laughs> when in doubt, don't. That is on the list. You know, give myself time to think and use the acronym is what I want to do, thoughtful, honest, intelligent, necessary, kind. Usually, I usually stop on necessary. Mm-hmm. Allow myself the, I don't know, self-respect and dignity to say, I don't know. I don't know what to do here. 
in the past, it was just a constant series of reacting, you know, trying to mm-hmm. put the fires out, mm-hmm. reacting to crazy with crazy, you know, he who's loudest last wins. That's the way. He who's loudest. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's the way it was when I came in, you know, it was, every, it was just, you know, again, my alcoholic was a provoker, provoked anxiety and created stress and, and, and I just fought fire with fire, you know. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. So when in doubt, don't. I love that. And, yeah. and it plays into the same thought. Yep. You mentioned I'm a human being, not a human doing. Yeah. And I think the first time I heard that was when my wife was in a long-term treatment and we were meeting with the therapist and and the therapist was telling her, basically, your value comes from who you are, not from what you do. You need to be a human being, not a human doing. And here's where my sickness was at the at that point. It was like, well, if she stops doing, like we're going to lose that income. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, one of the big stressors in her life at that point was her job. And and I, th- you know, I felt like this therapist was telling her, "You got to quit your job if you want to live. You got to quit your job. You got to." not have your value come from from your job and my selfish reaction was well then we won't have her income (laughs) okay i had some work to do at that point didn't i (laughs) yeah thank you you know i understand that like just think about when you when you meet somebody new you know what is the small what's the first thing that almost inevitably comes out of your mouth and and as you're trying to you know have a little bit of small talk with the person well what do you do yeah right right it's so ingrained what do you do? Well, I sit home and meditate. <laughs> you know? No, you're not going to say that, right? <laughs> you're just not going to say that because that is it, not socially acceptable. All right, let's see. Where do you even want to go here? There's so many. I mean, participation is the key to harmony. We hear that all the time. Which is concept four, I think. Yeah, I use it. It just came out of me one day in a job interview. With, you know, like six people around the table after exhaustive type of uh, interview, uh, one of the last questions was, you know, how do you work in a group? Are you a dictator or do you, do you take direction, give direction? Do you like the feedback of, are you a team player is what they were getting at. Right. And it just, it just, it's rolled right off my lips. Well, I, you know, I think, I believe participation is the key to harmony. It's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got it right so there. Showing up and sharing. You know, that's what showing up and sharing. Yep. And getting it out. And, and again, you're, you're only as sick as your secrets. That's kind of the purpose of showing up at meetings and sharing. It makes these meetings work. It makes this program work. You know, just say what we mean. So yesterday, I was in a meeting. One of the people in the meeting shared about how she feels if she's not worrying about her loved ones, that she's somehow letting them down, she's not helping them. And so I look at this saying here, worry is like a rocking chair, going back and forth and going nowhere. You know, in her share, she kind of is like realizing for herself that worry doesn't actually accomplish anything, right? If I'm not worrying about my daughter, I'm not helping her. Uh, (laughs) And she realizes like, no, like the worry itself doesn't accomplish anything, right? It, it's it's like a rocking chair. It goes back and forth, but it doesn't go anywhere. 
We did a whole episode on it. And that was, yeah, we did. <laughs> remember? And it was the primary, one of the primary points of the whole episode is, you know, if I, if I worry enough, you know, that'll solve the problem. Right. So we spent, you know, 45 minutes or something talking about it or worry is like a rocking chair. Oh, got the image in my head. I mean, I think that's one of the things that these, a lot of these sayings do is they give me a little image that I can hold on to, that I can pull up more easily than a long drawn out discussion <laughs> like we had, you know? And so what I hope is when, when we have these episodes where we have this long discussion about a topic is that, you know, people pick out a couple of things that, that speak to them from, from that, that discussion, right? Maybe a saying. Nuggets, you know, recovery nuggets or maybe recovery emojis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little rocking chair. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. I like it. The only way I can push people is away from me. You know, I found that the other day, and I really like it. It's in one of our readers. Right. That makes sense, yeah. It is. It's in. It's somewhere buried in a reader, and it's it's either a quote at the end of the page, or it's in the, you know, things to think about in Alipine or something. But yeah, love it. You know, I, I can't uh, push people to do something, act a certain way. I mean, I can lead by example. Right. Uh, I can say what I have done that has worked for me. I mean, it's a little different with teenage or younger uh, children, but the, the word push is the one that came. It's it's the key word there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's absolutely true for teenagers. Yeah. I was listening to... Uh, listening to another podcast recently and he was talking to a guy who I guess does a, a parenting advice show on radio or something. Mm. The guy was relating something that had happened with between him and his teenage son where they were having a discussion and his son was having a realization about a behavior. And then the dad says, you know, it's just, this is like what we've been telling you all along. And the kid blows up. Like just blows up. Why did you have to say that? And the dad was like, where did that come from? I don't know why that happened. And he was talking to another, a, a colleague and the colleague was like, well, because when you were having the discussion about your kid's behavior, he was relating to you as an adult. You were having a, a conversation of equals. And then when you said, it's what we've been telling you all along, all of a sudden he feels you're treating him like a child again. Right. And that's where that reaction came from. And, and I, I was like, yeah, I, <laughs> I could totally see that. I've probably done that without knowing, without recognizing it. Right. That, you know, I'm trying to give that little extra push. And when I do that, the, the kid or the other person pushes back. And, and when we're both pushing, what happens? We, we, you know, we're, we move further away from each other if we're both pushing. Yep. Um, so yeah, that one is that one is so true. I get that you know once a week from my soon to be seventeen year old in a week sixteen year old. Why do you say it like that, Dad? You know uh -huh. I, I, uh -huh. what? Oh, I got to think back. How did I say that? What was my tone of voice? Oh Christ, she's right. What was my attitude? Yeah, it was my you know posture. Uh, didn't you know? Instead of what I you know have learned to do is. Mm -hmm. You know, ah, that's interesting. You know, I said something, I reacted and I said, but you shouldn't have, I don't know what it was. It doesn't even matter. It's irrelevant. But the reaction, which is what you were just talking about, 
is not good. And it, it's the reaction to how I said it, the tone of voice, you know, the whole chapter on communication. We did another episode on. Yeah, the one that jumps up here is say what you mean, but don't say it meanly. Yep. Say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it mean. There you go. Yeah, and, or meanly and, if you want to have correct grammar. But right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, if I can speak in this tone of voice, I can get away with saying just about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know I, uh, I, don't, I don't think that uh, you respected the uh, curfew, so you're not going to be able to use a car for a week. So, But have a nice afternoon. I'm going to a meeting. <laughs> I'm going to a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can get away with saying anything if I keep my tone of voice. You know, I said this once early on, and I've heard again on other episodes, when in the midst of a confrontation with my alcoholic years ago, and she was wanting to provoke and create a fight and escalating, you know, the volume, my sponsor or somebody suggested a little tool that said, to just stop for a second and say out loud, you know, if we can continue talking in this tone of voice, I'm happy to continue this conversation. Mm-hmm. If we can't, then we'll have to come back and talk about it later. It was like Halon on a grease fire, that little, you know, tool. Really? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It, it, you know, pulled the chair out. She, she stepped back and said, Oh, wow. Okay. And then, but then it escalated, of course. And then I said, let's talk later. Yeah, the point was I set a boundary, and I kept within myself. You know, again, another one, the enemy of serenity is indecision and hurry. I think that's on the list here somewhere. I love that one. The enemy of serenity is indecision and hurry. And that is also directly out of our readers somewhere or in how it works. Yep. Wow, indecision and hurry. That is so... Yep. That is so where I was at the beginning. Like, I don't know what to do, but man, I got to get it done quick. Yeah. <laughs> you, <think? laughs> you know, running off, running off uh, furiously in all directions. Speeding tickets. That was the consequences of my indecision and hurry. I got to get there, you know, before I need to. And I don't know why, but I better go fast. <laughs> we had a, an email from Mark. Mark McPee, he signs himself, and he talks about the other three C's, came came to, came to believe. Uh, and that was, that was like when somebody said that to me when I was studying step two, which says, you know, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, was like, oh, that's my experience. I came, and I started coming to meetings. I came to, I started to wake up. I started to hear what people were saying. I started to maybe have some inkling about how I could bring some of that stuff into my life and have a little bit of what they had. And eventually I came to believe that at least working the program of Al-Anon would help me. And that's enough. That was enough for me for step two at that point. Okay. Al-Anon programs, my higher power, and it is helping to restore me to sanity. Boom. Step two right there. Mark says, that was my progress, not perfection. I had to show up, then wake up before I could smarten up. Oh, I like that. Show up, wake up, smarten up. Never heard it. Yeah. On the list. Getting to the rooms was the hardest part because I had to exhaust so much ego and misguided will before I was humbled enough to get help. I didn't know it then, but the door to the rooms led to the steps and to self-awareness and a reckoning with reality and myself. 
The fellowship welcomed me to keep coming back and to keep looking at my own business. For so difficult and so deferred a journey, it was strange how quickly I became comfortable there and how I pined for that company between meetings and looked forward to the next and next and next. And before I knew, I had come to believe and was blessed. Well, thank you, Mark, for fantastic unpacking that one. That's beautiful. <laughs> you know, that, that brings up another that's, again, not on my list. I mean, this list could go on for hundreds and hundreds. Of course it could. So the one that I really like and I just wrote down as, as I was reading also and you were sharing marks which is kind of those steps one two three i can't he can i think i'll let him right wow right that should be on the list <laughs> typing it right now <laughs> it will be in the show notes at least <laughs> oh the show notes are going to be a little novel a novelette they're going to be a big long list of sayings novella whatever that is yeah yeah so i found one over here let me see if i can i can find it again that i wanted to I swear somebody read this one in a meeting. Apparently this is from, I think, Courage to Change. March 1st, the, the quote, if you understand, things are just as they are. If you don't understand, things are just as they are. Yeah. But I looked, and March 1st was not a meeting day for me this year. But I swear, maybe maybe somebody picked that reading you know, as a topical reading, and, and it's where we're, but it's like, yeah, things are what they are, and I can understand them or not. So I don't know where I heard it, but I heard it recently in a meeting. Love it. What do you got? It works if you work it. We've all heard that, and most meetings finish with that phrase. Yep. I, we added, I think, in one of, or you may have mentioned it, it works if you let it. A lot of the meetings around here end with, it works if you work it and you're worth it, or and we're worth it. I've also heard it works if you work it and it sucks if you don't. I haven't heard that. <laughs> and I was at a, an AA meeting once where they ended with it works if you work it and you'll die if you don't. Oh, wow. Which, yeah, I thought, well, that's a little dark, Jeez. but you know, you I mean, it, it does. I mean, those are the stakes for, uh, for yeah. you know, for people in AA sometimes, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I've heard people say there are three choices for an alcoholic recovery incarceration or death. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty grim. But if it works, if you work it, I mean, run in the newcomer greeting. I don't know if you have those in your meetings, but Alan will work if you allow it to. Mm. Yeah. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, it's right in our newcomer greeting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I, my meetings typically have a specific, like, scripted, at least, newcomer greeting. One of the meetings we... We have some points we try to remember to hit about going to different meetings and going to at least six before you give up and yep. stuff like that. And and in that particular meeting, we also say, and sometimes there are long silences while people are deciding what to say. And this is normal. <laughs> it's uncomfortable, but it's normal. Mm -hmm. Let's see. If nothing changes, nothing changes. That's one of my one of my favorite sponsor sayings. All those, all those things where we repeat ourselves, right? Sounds so wise. It is what it is. If nothing changes, nothing changes. I can't think of the others right now, but there's, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. You know, it's true, and, and the repetition helps to drive the point home, right? For me. Yeah. What it's saying to me is, if I keep doing the same old thing, I'll keep getting the same old thing. One of our quotes from, uh, you know, what definition of insanity. Right. 
same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yep. And this, this Chinese proverb here, if we do not change direction, we are likely to end up where we are headed, is, is yep. also similar to that, right? Yeah, or if we don't know where we're going, it doesn't matter which road to take. All right, Cheshire Cat, that's coming up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, why don't you talk about the Cheshire Cat there? Oh, yeah. You know, it's so weird. I mean, as I sent you uh, by text, <laughs> I shared, uh, not surprisingly, as you might guess, on, you know, favorite quotes and sayings in, in our uh, in in a meeting or two last week. And Cheshire Cat came up, uh, the parable of uh, Pandora's box came up, and uh, maybe we'll hit on those later, but just completely independently, okay, so my home group was Thursday. I think Friday, I got a text with a little cartoon image of the Cheshire Cat mm-hmm. when Alice gets to the fork in the road, and uh, the Cheshire Cat's up in the tree. She says, "Which which way should I go, Mr. Cat? You know, I'm not quoting this correctly, but I'm making up my own version of it. And the cat says, well, where are you going? And she says, I don't know. And, of course, the cat says, well, then take either path. doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So so funny. And she sent this to me, this girl, out of the blue. I very rarely, if ever, communicate with her. And she sent me the Cheshire Cat little cartoon. Mm -hmm. I said, it's impossible. Do you know I just shared on that story in my home group yesterday, and she just out of the blue. So pretty cool, very very cool. No, there are no coincidences. Maybe you shared on it. Must have been what inspired her, right? She wasn't in the meeting. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. She wasn't even there. Okay, that I did not. I did not get that from your story. She, she wasn't, wasn't there. No, she's not. She's not in my home group. Okay. Wow. Well, that's a little bit of a higher power moment, then, isn't it? Of course. Yeah. Let's just go to another quote here. Let go or be dragged. I like yeah. that. No kidding. Yeah, that was me. I was getting dragged. Stop living in the wreckage of the future. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of yours. I love it. Yeah. Life on life's terms. Another really, really helpful one for me when stuff doesn't go the way I want it to. You know what? Sometimes it's just life. So, and the wreckage. Yeah. I was listening to a, an open talk. The guy was talking about the principles in the steps. And he said, step 10 helps me to clean up the wreckage of today. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we don't want to live in the wreckage of the future, and we want to clean up the wreckage of today. And, you know, steps, I get eight and nine, clean up the wreckage of yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we got, those, we got that wreckage, definitely. Um, but stop living in the wreckage of the future. That's about worry. It's about worry. Yeah, it's yeah. about exactly about worry. Yep. Catastrophizing. I don't know if this is like a saying exactly, but I've certainly heard it said that when I'm in fear, I'm living in the future. And when I'm angry, I'm living in the past, angry or resentful. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's about living in the living in, in the now. So when I start feeling fearful, it's like, oh, I'm living in the future. I'm projecting things that may or may not happen. If there's nothing I can do to prepare, then I'm in that useless worry with the rocking chair. If I'm angry or resentful about something, that's about something that already happened that I can't change. So what can I accept about that? Are there things I can do to, um, you know, change my attitude? Are there things that I can do to to recover from, from the outcome that happened already? Because even God can't change the past, right? 
Yeah. And the number 33 and 34, right, right here, just put, you know, you could save me a puffball. Keep my head where my feet are. Mm. And fear and faith can't live in the same house. Right. Yeah, I don't know. These both came out of readers or shares or something, but really, I think appropriate right here. You know, worry. I keep my head where I feel. I just stay in the moment. Live, you know, one day at a time. Sometimes that's way too long. I've heard somebody say one day is way too long. I got to say one hour at a time. Mm-hmm. Fear and faith can't live in the same house. You know. Yep. You know that's kind of deep, but I mean, it's about letting go and just right. living in the moment and. If I am in fear, I'm not in my, I'm not where my feet are. My head is not where my feet are. And I'm worrying, projecting, catastrophizing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The next one, 35, I like, uh, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. We've probably all heard that. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look back, but don't stare. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really like. Yeah, Dave left us uh, a voicemail that actually gets back to, probably should have played it right after we talked about there are only two types of business, my business and none of my business. Mm. So let's 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 yeah. put Dave in here. Cool. The saying in quotes uh, is a brilliant idea, and I, and I can't wait to hear what everybody comes up with. One of the ones that, that I've been really focusing on lately, and it helps me with so many aspects of my life, is what other people think of me is none of my business. And that reminds me that I can't control uh, what other people think. I can't control other people's responses to my actions. I can't change how my words and deeds affect other people. And and honestly, I have no right to. I have no right to control uh, what other people think of what I have to say or do. And and it it just helps to remind me that when I start going down that path of, you know, what what does he think of me or what what does she think of what I said or did, that it's really none of my business. I have no idea who said it. If anybody out there knows who that is attributed to, I would love to know that. At any rate, thank you for listening uh, to me ramble, and and I will continue to listen to you uh, and your your wonderful work. So thank you. Have a great day. I can't control what other people think. I can't control other people's responses. I'm not responsible for what other people think of me either. You know, I can only do what I can do. There's another one of those repetition things, right? And if somebody else takes that in a way I didn't intend it, that's about them, not about me. Yeah, thanks, Dave, for for that one. I mean, this one I just wrote, I don't even know if it's on the list, do the next right thing. How many times have we heard that? I mean, that's very prevalent in AA, I think, you know, just do the next right thing. Yep. No, that's one that I carry with me. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like first things first. Yeah. It helps me when I'm stuck. It helps me when I have too many choices. Right. And like the Cheshire Cat said, well, if I don't know which one is the right one, then, well, pick one, right? Or wait, or don't go anywhere. When in doubt, don't. Don't do anything. If if none of them feel right. Just wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leave some room. If you don't have five minutes to meditate, take ten. Yeah. How that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was like, okay. Yeah. drop that one in here. <laughs> I very often don't have five minutes to meditate. And I don't take 10. So first things first. Something for me to, to, to carry with me for a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. My best thinking got me. Yeah. No kidding. How about that? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, let's see. This is, uh, let's keep moving here. I, I, I'm on my second page of the list, so I'm getting close to the end of quotes or sayings, but these are sayings, actually, yeah, uh, right. most, most of them. If my only prayer today is thank you, that will suffice. I really, really like that. That's from Courage to Change. And this one, I don't know where this came from. I may have made it up, but I don't think so. I'm not that smart. The bird that soars above the fields is not concerned about the fences. Hmm. I really like that image, you know. I can I can fly above the chaos, you know, and not worry about the roadblocks, the bumps, the traffic jams. Nothing changes, nothing changes. We, we touched on that. Hmm. And really huge, right in our opening, the family situation is bound to improve as we apply the al ideas. Yep, and it's right there. I may not get everything I want today, but I have everything I need. Really good. That's a good thing for me to, to meditate on, mm-hmm. especially like back back in the day when I was still living with, with drinking, you know, and what I wanted was the drinking to stop. But what I found in the program was that I didn't need the drinking to stop in order for me to be okay. We can be happy whether the alcoholic is still drinking or not. We can find contentment and even happiness, I think is what the opening says. Yeah, I mean, I heard that. Or I, impossible. <laughs> <laughs> no. This is impossible. That's no not, way. that can't happen. Nope. 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 Oh, here's the one that goes along with the wreckage of the future. Forgiveness is letting go of of hoping for a better yesterday. Yeah, you said I heard you say that. That's where I got that from. I don't know where you got it, but it's great. I don't know where I got it either. I'm sure I heard it in a meeting or read it in the literature somewhere. Yeah. It's just so true. You know, like I said, I can't change yesterday. And if I'm keep wanting yesterday to change so that, you know, something somebody didn't hurt me, that's not gonna happen. I have to let go of wishing that things had been different. And that's that's one way for me to look at forgiveness, which is how can I forgive somebody who actually hurt me, right? Well, I can forgive them because it helps me to not keep focusing on that thing that happened. You know, there's a saying, forgive and forget, but I don't like that one in in some circumstances because that's like saying, okay, yeah, this thing happened, but it really, it's fine, and you don't have to change anything. I don't have to change anything. We'll just forget about it, and then it'll happen again. I like the one that you have here, look back, but don't stare. Where is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, is sort of like that. It's like, I can look back at things that happened in my life, and I can learn from them, and I can grow from them, but if I focus my attention on the things that I didn't like that happened— then I'm taking myself out of today and I'm removing myself from a, a path to recovery. Mm-hmm. It's in here somewhere. Look back, but don't. Yeah. I don't know. That's number 38 on my list. So, I mean, yeah, I know. The list is just ever-changing. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 they're just a couple of funny ones I heard. This not. I don't know if these are saying, but I've heard it and I thought it was really a lot of, you get a lot of reaction from it. You know, people go to AA, to prevent from committing suicide, people go to Al-Anon to prevent from committing homicide. Yep, yep. <laughs> I don't know. I find that really, it always gets a great reaction. I don't know where I heard it, but it's funny. Yep. 
You had another a parable down here, um, the two wolves. Yeah. I've heard different versions of the story, but it, you know, sort of the setting. Okay. And I think you sent um, a link to a video that talks about a Cherokee legend with the idea. So like this grandfather's talking to his grandson and, and, and he says, you know, we each of us have two wolves living inside us. And I don't remember the exact wording, but basically there's a good wolf and there's a bad wolf. Well, one is full of evil, yeah. anger, sorrow, regret, greed, self-pity, and false pride. There you go. Okay. All our defects. <laughs> Many of them. And and the kid says, well, well, Grandpa, which one wins? And Grandpa says, the one you feed. Right. The power of attraction. Yeah, I mean, act as if. I mean, feed the feed recovery is kind of, you know, I mean, feed, uh, do the next right thing. All these things come in to play with that little parable, I think, you know. Mm -hmm. Do the right next thing. Take care of yourself, you know. Uh, it's so contrary to the feelings that I had when I came in, mm -hmm. you know, to take care of myself first. It just seemed that I had to take care of everybody else first, you know, my children. Uh, I had to get her to stop drinking. The house was going to burn down. No, I mean, my program says no, you know, put your mask on first. You can't help anybody unless you take care of yourself. All good stuff. Uh, the last few from, you know, sayings I'll just touch on. Mm -hmm. When going through hell, keep going. I heard that <laughs> early on. When you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot. I heard I like that whole image, you know, really good little uh, recovery emoji there. When one door closes, another door opens, but living in the hall is hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> living in the hallway is hell. Yeah, yeah. Indecision. There you go. I, indecision and then i heard this from a guy who had many 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 years in recovery in in both programs and they said it where he said it to me in a parking lot i know exactly where it was three or four months ago i saw him leaving i don't know shop right or something and he he's such a beautiful soul he's a therapist also and he's been a guest speaker at some of our anniversary meetings and I just was telling him what's going on, and he just looked at me with this just incredible, beautiful, bucolic look of serenity. He held his hand out, and he shook my hand, and he said, we are the lucky ones. Hmm. Isn't that cool? We are the lucky ones because we found recovery. Yep. Yeah. so true. But, yep. We've learned a better way of living. So true. So proverbs, real quick. You want to hit on a few? We hit. We we did hit a couple of them. We did. We did. I have a few more that I really really like. Okay. All these are from Courage to Change. This is March fifth. Before sunlight shines through a window, the blinds must be raised. Hmm. That's an American proverb, meaning you know, kind of let the light shine in. You know, another great one, Turkish proverb: patience is the key to paradise pretty powerful. We've probably all heard this, a Chinese proverb, when we talk of tomorrow, God laughs. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Live in the moment. Yeah. Best laid plans. Chinese proverb, be not afraid of growing slowly, be afraid of standing still. I like that one. Last one from the Talmud I shared on last week, it came up. The highest form of wisdom 
is kindness. Mm-hmm. You know, we did mm-hmm. we did a whole episode on the on that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you had to pick a default reaction or response, kindness. Choose kindness. You know, pretty good. Yeah. Oh, here's the here's the uh, the definition of insanity. Quote. Mm-hmm. Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Attributed to Einstein, I think it's probably been attributed to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yep. I've seen it mostly Einstein. And then uh, the others from quotes, uh, Abe Lincoln, yeah. most, as right on our little bookmark, most folks are as happy as they make up their minds to be. And that also is connected to a reading out of one of our daily readers, um, mm-hmm. because, again, heard it recently in a meeting. Um, yeah. You know, that feels like I can't make myself happy. Well, actually, I can. I can, I can find happiness. I can find enjoyment in in places where I might not have thought that they would be there. You know, I, I found serenity and happiness in the middle of active alcoholism, which I never thought would happen. Mm-hmm. But by taking my focus off trying to change the thing I couldn't change, it gave me some space to you know, find things that were still good, to find things that I could be happy about, to find you know, and just stopping the 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 worry and the squirrel cage helped with the serenity thing. You know, like if I'm not running, 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 and in all directions furiously and getting nowhere, I I can actually find some serenity. So it sounds like, oh yeah, sure, mm-hmm. ha! But it actually turned out to be true for me. So yeah, me too. Courage faces fear and thereby masters it. Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. How about this, Martin Luther? I love. <laughs> Even if I knew tomorrow the world would go to pieces, I would still plant my apple tree. That's cool. That is so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> For many of us right now, it feels like the world's going to pieces. So let's go plant some apple trees. Why not? Planting an apple tree. It's the process. But it also is faith in the future, right? Because you're not going to get apples off of it right now. It's, yeah, it's going to take several years before you get apples off of it. Kind of, you know, for me, I mean, I, I've had a garden. My daughter and I put a garden in our backyard mm-hmm. when we got our little cottage here in Greenwich. And it was a lot of work, you know, the first four years ago, just bringing it, taking up. And it's sizable, you know, like, I don't know, 12 by 15. It's not a little tiny thing. And we had to, you know, tear up the grass and uh, yep. rototill it and put in. It was a, a tremendous, you know, effort. Unfortunately, the first year, kind of, you know, for the yep. hundred hours we put in and uh, several hundred dollars, we got two, three tomatoes. Right. You know? Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, but then the second year, a little better. Third year, better. Fourth year, like, exploded. I was, you know, dropping buckets of tomatoes on my neighbor's front porch, <laughs> ringing a doorbell and running. <laughs> Didn't know what to do with this stuff. You know, and then this year, it was easy. And... I started it myself a month ago, and everything is just exploding. I mean, I have it's just it's just the care and nurturing of it. And it was and the point about the quote is, it really isn't about you know. Yes, I'm looking forward to harvesting in August, but the process of doing the work, you know, planting the seeds, yep. caring for the soil, 
I even put in, uh, I even, you know, got an Amazon composting bin, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm composting. I mean, that's professional grade, you know, <laughs> but uh-huh. the, the results I think are going to be really pleasurable. But the yeah. point is the process of doing it was what really I found really rewarding, you know? Yeah. The other sort of thing that I get from this, and I, and I think tree is, is the key here because trees don't give instant gratification um, mm-hmm. is let's say I want to have apples. Okay. I could say, well, if I plant an apple tree today, it's not going to give me apples today. It's not going to give me apples tomorrow. I like, I'm going to have to wait several years, but if I don't plant the tree, I'll never have apples. Ah, patience is the key to paradise. <laughs> We just read it. It's a Turkish proverb. The oak grows stronger in contrary winds, and diamonds are made under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Again, tree reference there. Peter Marshall, um, March 23rd, encouraged to change. I like that one, you know, because all this crap, you know, that a lot of us have been through, are going through, still have to go through. If we look at it and step back, and say, you know what, this is making me stronger uh, and not defeating me. You know, I'm no longer a victim. When I when I put it in these terms, I'm not a victim anymore. Yep. You know, and then we'll just finish finish maybe with a couple of little uh, ditties from, uh, maybe you can, you'll know who this is. There is no try. There is do or not do. Yeah. Who's that? Yoda. There you go. I mean, I'm looking at the sheet here, so I'm kind of <laughs> oh. cheating, but I know that one. I know that one. Actually, I was walking down the street the other day, and there was like a somebody had posted a sign in their yard that uh, said, "There is no try. There is only do or not do." Wow, uh, Yoda. I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't know why, but you know, it's good to have that. Well, you know, I put it on here because I was on the phone. I want to say a month ago, and my alcoholic had triggered me. Mm-hmm. Um, by threatening, uh, in a text, you know, uh, see you in court and yada, 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 another, yet another salvo, you know, mm-hmm. for a flaming turd ball over the wall coming at me. And I wanted to react really badly and got on the phone with my sponsor instead of doing something. Uh-huh. I did the right next thing and I called my sponsor instead of reacting. Then we finished with another back and forth the text exchange, you know, probably at 10 or 10.30 that evening. Uh-huh. And I said to him, you know, I'll try to let it go for tonight. And he responded, there is no try. There is do or not do. I said, and then I responded back, I will let it go for tonight. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And then the, the other good little Yoda I saw, fear leads to hate, hate to anger, anger to suffering. That's another Yoda. He's quoted a lot. He's a little smart spiritual dude. Yeah. 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 Smart little guy. Yeah. And then lastly on the uh, quotes is um, Albert Schweitzer from December 9th. Example is not the main thing in influencing others. It is the only thing. Mm. I like it. Mm. Love it. Yeah, which gets back to the, the whole thing we do here in this program, right? We share our example, basically. We call it experience, strength, and hope, but it's, it's you, you know, this is what I did. This is what I found. This is what worked for me. If you say that, I can say, hmm, 
that sounds good. Maybe I'll try that. Yeah. First thought, wrong thought. Let's just try something different. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's another one. It should be on the list. I don't think it's there. First thought, wrong thought. <laughs> I, I did write it down, actually. We, we mentioned it earlier. Yeah, first oh, okay. thought. Right after, don't just do something, sit there. And when in doubt, don't. So, yeah. All right. Well, after a short break, we will continue with our lives in recovery, where we talk about how recovery works in our daily lives and in our meetings. And you gave us a song suggestion. We'll talk about that. Yeah, this one I just happened to be driving around a couple days ago and heard it and said, well, I think that might work in our episode coming up. And it's Say by John Mayer, one of my favorite artists. Paraphrasing, you know, he he says over and over and over and over and over, say what you need to say, say what you need to say. And the point is, you know, in the first of the lyrics, take all of your wasted honor, every little past frustration, Take all of your so-called problems, better put them in quotations. Say what you need to say. Walking like a one-man army, fighting with the shadows in your head, living out the same old moment, knowing you'd be better off instead if you could only say what you need to say. You know, that's about getting it out, you know, sharing in a meeting. So it's not stuck in my head. That's pretty good. In this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives in recovery, what's happening in our meetings and in our lives this week. It's been actually, I guess, about a couple weeks for me. And in that time, I went to visit my parents. Uh, my father was celebrating his 90th birthday, and they, we there was a party and all that. And so, I in, in preparation, I think I talked about this maybe last time uh, in the last podcast, I went to... Uh, a meeting and there was a first step table and I was like, yes, this is what I need because I need to remind myself about my powerlessness over my parents' disease, you know, their dementia. And, and then I went and as is our practice, my wife and I went to an Al-Anon meeting on Friday near where my parents live. She goes to the Al-Anon meeting with me because it's easier than like splitting up and going to separate meetings and then reconnecting in a, in a, you know, city we're somewhat familiar with now because we've been doing it for a few years. And so she gets some, some Al-Anon recovery when we're traveling. And also the thing for her, which she spoke about in that, in that meeting was, yeah, I'm with my elderly in-laws and um, I need to remember my powerlessness and, and accept what is happening. What was interesting for me in contrast to like all the other times I can remember is I did not feel the need to talk about them in that meeting. And usually that's right where I am. I'm like, yeah, my parents, they're, they're illness, they're, they're aging, they're going to die, and I'm having trouble accepting this. I didn't feel the need to talk about that. I was like, wow, this is kind of amazing. There's some kind of like new level of acceptance that I've reached here. This is cool. And it was a, it was a good visit. I mean, it's, I mean, just seeing the difficulty of, of daily living for them is, is not easy. You know, one night I was, I was helping my mother get to bed and she wanted to be a few inches further on the bed. And I had to basically lift her and move her because she couldn't like scooch herself over. She just didn't have the strength. You know, that's sad. Mm -hmm. And another night 
I was listening. We have a monitor in their room, so when they wake up in the middle of the night and need help, you know, one of us can go go provide that help. And they were basically putting themselves to bed. I was listening to the conversation. My mother saying, I need help here. I need help. Where are you? And my father's out in the living room looking for his cane, which he left somewhere, and she doesn't know where he is. And then, I don't know, I think he stepped on her toe or something. And, you know, and, and there's all this stuff going on. And I had to just tell myself, they're dealing with this. And if they actually need help, they will call. Because when I hear, when I hear this difficulty happening, I'm still like codependent and I want to go help. But I was able to let them do it themselves and they did. And they, you know, they both got in bed and then, and then it got quiet. And I was like, okay, now I go to sleep. <laughs> uh, I still had to, I still had to like be on, be on, on alert until, until they were quiet and, and going to sleep. But, you know, it's, it's just those things that I learned in this program that, that are now um, able to use those principles in in that in in that affair, as it were. So it's been a lot of step one meetings for me recently, and I think you know my higher power is trying to tell me something there, probably. But it's uh, it's good. You know, I had an experience the other day at work. One of my coworkers said, "Hey, Spence, it seems like you've gotten quieter or something." Like I used to be able to hear your voice all the way down at the other end. We've got this big open office, right? He says, I used to be able to hear your voice all the way down at the other end. And and now that's not happening so much. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm feeling less stressed. And so I'm not, I'm not yelling so much. I don't know. But you know, it's sometimes I need to see myself through somebody else's eyes, right? Because I don't see the change. He saw the change. And and he he mentioned it, and I was like, oh, that's that's cool, you know, like I'm I'm less stressed. That's good. That's me. How about you? Yeah, it was a good week, really good week. Like I mentioned, not this very last Thursday, three days ago, but the prior two Thursdays, my 21 year old daughter came with me to my home group meetings. It was really something, yeah. unbelievable. She. uh Finished her first semester in college, did really well, then asked me if I would pay for summer school. Mm -hmm. I, when I woke up, I got up off the floor. <laughs> uh, I said, of course, and she's taking uh, three hours a day for math class that she had tough struggles with. Mm -hmm. So she decided to take it over the summer. Fantastic. Just <laughs> unbelievable. And then, uh, so two Thursdays ago, I said, you want to grab lunch? Uh, you know, and, and she's living with her mom, as, as I told you. And she said, sure. And I said, well, would you like to come to my meeting first with me? And she said, well, okay. And she's been to Alateen meetings when she was younger, but mm -hmm. it's, it's very different. I think when she was 14, 15, going to an Alateen, if there were any teens there at all, it was usually just complaining and unloading about what they're parents had done the night before or the week before and you know we don't do that in Alana at least in my meetings right we we do not very rarely does someone just unload it happens yeah but usually it's about recovery and what tools are working with and working on and so when in that first meeting two Thursdays three Thursdays ago she she did say that she'd been keeping a secret and 
you know, in front of me and in front of a group of strangers mm-hmm. that are mostly, you know, mostly much older. She's by far the youngest in the room. Mm-hmm. And she shared that she'd been keeping a secret and she's embarrassed and ashamed that her mother is drinking again. And uh, anyway, it was incredible. Very, very moving. And then she came to the, the one the week after with me. So really cool. And I hope she keeps coming. And then, so this current last week, Thursday, I walked in and I was a little late and of course, that's the, that's the one I'd signed up to lead. So, the guy, <laughs> somebody yeah. else opened it for you. Yeah, somebody else said, said uh, "Here you go." I'm like, well, "Oh, oops." But it's okay, you know. I I, uh, I I let my higher power do my thinking and talking, and I I just said, you know, I'm doing an episode on the recovery show next week about you know uh, sayings and quotes and our favorite parables, uh, and so I led on it, and I got some stuff from that group, you know that. It, was really, really good. And feedback that I put into our notes for today and shared on already, but one of them was the story of Pandora's box. I never knew this. And so everybody knows, I think, what a Pandora's box is, you know, and dealing with an alcoholic, you certainly know what it is. Okay. You take the lid off that sucker. It all hell is coming out. Yep. Blame, resentment, anger, you know, judgment, uh, you know, that's the Pandora's box of this disease for me. You know, if you open it up, and, and that's why a lot of people just do whatever they have to to keep, try to keep the lid on the, the box, agree to things they don't want to do, and say yes when they mean no, accept unacceptable behavior, and people please, because the alternative is opening up Pandora's box with an active alcoholic or an alcoholic and maybe addict or that's not in recovery, just you unleash the beast. But what I did not know was in the real parable about Pandora's box. And I'd have to really check and maybe you can put a link to it if we can find it. There's one thing left in the box when all the other vitriolic hatred and anger and rage and nastiness comes flying out of the box. Do you know what's left in the bottom of the box? Hope. Yeah. I didn't know that. I did not know that. So that was very, very cool. I heard that. My Saturday morning meeting yesterday was on step six. A lot of people had shares about, you know, defects versus shortcomings, the difference between six and seven steps. Mm-hmm. I prefer shortcomings. I don't believe I was born with defects. I shared that I read somewhere in Powering Parent or maybe on a related show that there's only one, maybe call it a defect or shortcoming that that we are born with. Do you know what that is? The only thing that we are born with. Nope. The fear of falling. The only thing that an infant is born with innately is the fear of falling. Everything else is acquired. So that was uh, really cool. Then my meeting last night, the men's group, I, I was the only one there. It was, it was a really beautiful, <laughs> You had beautiful, a good meeting with be- yourself, did you? Oh, well, I actually did uh, with my dog, with Rudy. Rudy and I sat and and he took a nap and I did the the daily readers for which I hadn't had a chance to do that day. So I read June eighth from uh, one day at a time and June eighth from Courage to Change and they both you know were really spot on as they always are. It seems mm-hmm. June eighth was on step six and about you know what defects could I possibly give my give. I give up, but revenge, you know, I spend a lot, of, it says I spend lots of time creating mental scenarios in which I punish those who've hurt me. You know, definitely, I, I used mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. 
And it's about, you know, letting go of that stuff. My, it said my recovery will have a giant void as long as I am unwilling to give up my shortcomings. Really good stuff. So I was, you know, it was good. And so, and here we are this morning. And here we are this morning. So coming up, got uh, the next couple of shows planned to have, going to have a conversation with an Al-Anon member and podcast listener sharing her experience, strength and hope. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to publish the conversation that my wife and I had with John M on the Sober Speak podcast. And if you if you really want to hear it now, it is uh, also has been published now at soberspeak.com. Of course, I'll put my own intro and outro around it, but the uh, the conversation in the middle is going to be the same. And if you want to hear it twice, well, you know, you can do that too. <laughs> anyway, we also had a suggestion maybe a few weeks ago for uh, sharing uh, spiritual experiences or spiritual awakening and looking for, you know, your shares on that so we can put those together into a, a mini voices episode. So you can join our conversation. Please leave a voicemail or send us an email with your feedback or your questions. And Eric, how can people do that? I have no idea. Oh, yes, yes. You can call and leave us a voicemail at 734-707-8795. Call right now to 734-707-8795. You can also use the voicemail button on the website to join the conversation from your computer. If you prefer not to use your voice, you can send email to feedback at therecovery.show. We'd love to hear from you. Share your experience, strength, and hope, or your questions about today's topic, sayings, quotes, parables, and proverbs. If you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, let us know. And everything about the show is on our website, therecovery.show. We'll have notes for each episode, and in this episode, I will put uh, links to some of the things we talked about, where there maybe are videos or the pages on which Encourage to Change, where some of the quotes came from, etc. So you can go there to therecovery.show slash 292 to get those links uh, and to review the list of, I think I managed to capture everything that we talked about, so I'll have a big long list of that there too. And also videos of the music that we talk about in the episode. Before we look at our mailbag, let's take a little break. And the second selection that I chose, I found some songs with, with proverbs in them. And the first one that uh, I picked is Them Belly Full by Bob Marley. The source that I got it from said that the proverb is a hungry man is an angry man, which just reminded me of our H-A-L-T acronym, right? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Some of the lyrics here, them belly full, but we hungry. A hungry mob is an angry mob. It says, we're going to dance to Ja music dance. Forget your sorrows and dance. Forget your troubles and dance. Forget your sickness and dance. Forget your weakness and dance, I say. He's also saying, you know, even though you're hungry, you can still have some celebration. And of course, it's it's Bob Marley, so it's, yeah. you know, you got that nice, happy beat and and rhythm going right yeah. we got a little bit of a uh, little bit of email and voicemail this week not too much we played part of dave's voicemail where he talked about sayings and and he also talked a little bit about what the uh, the podcast has meant to him so here's dave Hi, Spencer. This is Dave from Ohio. I will do my best to be brief on this. I found your podcast about 
four or five months ago, and it's just been an absolute lifesaver for me. And I've, I've actually been sharing it with um, uh, my wife, who's the alcoholic in my life. And it's been a wonderful experience for both of us to uh, sort of go into the Al-Anon side of recovery together, because as you know, the AA side can, can use the Al-Anon knowledge in so many aspects of their life as well. And it's just been a huge boost to my recovery, and, and I want to thank you for all the work you do. Uh, I'm simultaneously uh, following your current episodes and starting from, from the beginning, simultaneously on the current episodes, and uh, I think up to, like, number 22. Okay, you want to read Christiane's email here? Sure. Christiane asks about Alateen episodes. Hi, Spencer. My daughter, who just turned nine, is really starting to be affected by her father's alcoholism. Do you have a podcast in the archives on Alateen? If not, would that be something of interest for a future episode? The closest meeting to us isn't close and isn't in a nice part of town, unfortunately. We were able to connect to an online chat room recently that holds Alateen meetings. She really liked that and wants to continue. As always, I appreciate your help and your time spent on this podcast. I look forward to the new episodes. Have a great day, Christiane. Thank you, Christiane, for for bringing that up. You know, I've had it in my like mental list to bring on some people to talk about Alateen. There's a, a woman in the area who is an Alateen sponsor and is really all about public outreach and, and carrying the word. And she said, yes, I'd be happy to be on your show. And then I've never called her. So thank you for the reminder. I can get back on that and try to get uh, at least one episode about Alateen out because we really don't have one. So thanks. Maybe uh, maybe there's a link to this online chat room we could find, as she mentioned. Right. I'm going to go look on the – well, I'll ask her, like, hey, where would you find this? But also yeah, yeah. I know that the Al-Anon website – does have information about online meetings. I'm going to guess that with an Alateen meeting, they're probably not like publishing the link. Yeah. You probably have to call them because of the issues around, right. you know, children and privacy gotcha. and stuff. Um, sense. Yeah. Nine. Wow. My kids were 11 when I came into recovery and I tried to bribe them to go to Alateen mm, and it didn't work. <laughs> You know, like they went to a couple of meetings at $5 a meeting. Okay. They were, they were like 11 or 12 years old. And this is 2002, 2003, $5 for a 12 year old in 2003 was a lot of money. You could buy several packs of Pokemon cards for that. You know, if I'd been offered that, I would have gone to three meetings a day. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, not, not happening. At 12 years old, I was driving cars at the car wash for like five bucks a day. Yeah. And, but interesting, interesting. I think it was when we were driving to, to my parents and my daughter and her boyfriend are in the back and, and a friend of a mutual friend of theirs came up in the conversation. Apparently this, this person's having some issues and maybe there's some alcoholism or addiction involved around them. I'm not sure. But I heard my daughter say, well, I think what my father would say is, you should go to Al-Anon. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, you you don't want to go yourself, yeah. but you're, you're <laughs> recommending it to other people. That's kind of interesting. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe it's your example that's uh, good enough. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. She's actually, like, 
paying attention here. She just, you know, she has this thing about 12 step programs. Okay. And I can, I can understand that, but, and she is, she, she does have a therapist. So I figure she's getting help the way that, you know, works for her. I got help the way that worked for me. I want to play a voicemail from Jacqueline who just talking about living with alcoholics. Hi, my name is Jacqueline. I just wanted to leave some feedback about the show about finding peace and contentment, whether the alcoholic is drinking or not. This show has been so helpful. I'm no longer living with an alcoholic that is drinking, but yet just a refresher based on working the steps in my own life uh, the way that it is. It's just very interesting just being able to keep the focus on yourself regardless of all external circumstances that are going on. Just a really great reminder even when life doesn't work out as we expect it to. Thanks very much for all that you guys do and take care. And thank you for that experience, strength, and hope, Jacqueline. We had a listener wrote in who lives outside the U.S. and and said she wasn't able to to donate with PayPal. And I said, thank you for thinking of us. If you want to maybe drop a little bit more money in the basket at your meeting, the thought is enough, really. And with that, we do have expenses here at The Recovery Show, even though it doesn't really cost you anything to listen. And you can help to support us. If you want to, we do have a donation button. And I want to thank again, Stephen, Amber, Christopher, and Paula for that. The last song that I picked also from this Proverbs list is All That Glitters by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, which I haven't thought about Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark since I guess the eighties or which is like when they were when they were active. I had a couple of their albums and and played them till they were all full of ticks and hisses. This song I don't remember this song, but it's called All That Glitters and the proverb is All That Glitters is not gold. The lyric here is, all that glitters is not gold, so don't believe everything you've been told. Wow. It also, like, it takes me to one of my favorite books ever in my life, which is The Lord of the Rings, where there's a poem describing this main character. It sort of goes the other way. I can't I can't get the exact poem in my head right now, but basically saying, you know, not only there are things that glitter that aren't gold, but there are things that are gold that don't glisten. Mm-hmm. Like you know sometimes sometimes the real value is is hidden you know it's sort of saying don't take people at surface value right but do think i mean that that uh, the last thing i'll just uh I, and i may have i may bollocks it up a little bit but i heard it the other day really liked it and it's it's actually in one of the daily readers it's something like the way i live my day is the way i will live my life i really like that you know I can I can just treat this day with kindness, courtesy, and all my affairs, and my life will improve. So I will act today the way I want to live the rest of my life. Thank you for listening. Please keep coming back. And as my friend John says, that doesn't mean just please keep coming back to the podcast, but please keep coming back to the program because... That's where we really find our recovery. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you're facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time.